Nut Nerd Podcast, episode 106. I'd buy that for a dollar. Welcome to episode 106 of the Nut Nerd Podcast, 106. I'm Nate Heath. I'm here with Mr. Dave Baylor. Well, hello, Nate. It just seems like yesterday that we made this big to-do about the 100th episode. Yeah. And, and now, now we, we were already blown past 106. It. It's like psh, 100. That on, was... our, on our way to 200. We're getting closer to 200 than we are to episode one. That's true. Yes. That's true. That, <laughs> there's those episode. math skills again. Yep. Here I come. Man. Well, we have got another action-packed episode. <laughs> it's the middle of December. Is this there... is supposed to be slow news time. Yeah. No, it's action-packed for sure. <laughs> <laughs> News pack, tech, a tech packed episode. <laughs> there you go. That's maybe a better adjective to use. I think it's better. Uh, we are the Not Nerd Podcast. We are here to help you tech better. We go through all, we spend so much time listening to, reading, researching tech stuff mm-hmm. that we decided we needed to share all of this knowledge in our heads with other people. And you guys are eating it up, and we love to hear success stories. <laughs> and I love seeing um, in our analytics the nations of people who are listening to the Not Nerd podcast are growing. Yes, all the time. There'll be a new a new country new here. New country. Yep. Yeah. I was just looking. Yeah. South Africa is on the map. Yeah. And Got a couple South African listeners. Very so. cool stuff. Well, the first story I wanted to talk about it came out about a week and a half ago and I tried to test it with you <laughs> and my wife and Jared and anybody who's listens to the podcast <laughs> whose cell number I had to use Apple Pay Cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kept telling me first mine wasn't set up correctly. So then it kept telling me that nobody else had it set up. So then I just kind of forgot about it. But Dave, <laughs> you said you wanted to pay me some money. Yeah. So I'm like, let's get this working. Yeah, I'm going to do it right now. Okay, do it. So you go into it's built into messages. It's just kind of like all the little sticker packs. And so I'm gonna, first, I'm going to make sure it's you, and I didn't. I wasn't like on my boss from yes. another conversation. He's going to be like, "Why did you send me money?" So I opened up a new text message to you. Yeah. I clicked on the little app icon. It's the letter A. Mm-hmm. And right there, front and center, is Apple Pay. It wasn't there before, but I think I got a. I don't know how where, when it appeared. But it, uh, oh, the, the latest update. eleven iOS 11.2. That's right. I have not opened up the app section of messages before now since that update. Okay. So that's why I'm only noticing it now. But it's here now. So you know what, Nate? I love you, man. I'm going to send you $10. Whoa. I, I'm not messing with Whoa. A, a dollar. Man, you, yeah, you said you wanted to give me some money. That is some money. All right. So here we go. I typed in number 10. And I'm on your message. I'm going to hit pay. And it says Apple Pay Cash. Use, you know, it's introducing me to it. Yes. I hit continue. I'm green to the terms of services. Oh, and now, now it's setting it up. Yes. Now, I should have a credit card. I'm going to see if, because I had to reset up. I'm going to see if it'll let me pay you. Okay. But that's, that's as easy as it is. Once it's set up, you just hit pay, and then boom, it sends it to the person. Yes. Yeah, so it's very... I. Actually, I was going to pick it as a pick of the week, but I kind of wanted to tie it in with this. There's a service called Venmo that I've used. It's very similar. It's cross-platform. You put in your bank account information. Oh, I got double-click to pay you. Well, how does it know which... How does it know which... uh... Oh, there it is. Now it's bringing up my credit card information. Pay Nate Heath $10. And I double-click... You should, how generous of you. Yes. I'll spend that dollar wisely. Yes. <laughs> so Nate just sent me a dollar. And let's see what you get here in the mail. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I keep, like, triple-clicking it, and it's bringing up, like, magnifier and white point and all these things that we've done in the past. So did you get anything in the mail here? Not yet. Oh, and there we go. I yeah. now have $10 from you. So I have netted $9. That seems like you won in this deal. Let's play again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See how high you can go. <laughs> See how high you can go. So a couple of things to note with this. You'll want to set it up. It'll only work with other people who have it set up on their yeah. iOS devices, can't updated s- iOS devices. You can't send it to your friend with an Android device, you know, yes. somewhere so else. So it's 
set up on the same platform as Apple Pay where you go to you know Starbucks or the grocery store and you can use your phone to tap to pay or your watch. But now you can do it through messages person to person. Now the key here is you want to set it up if you want it to be free, zero transaction fees, you want to set it up with a debit card because mm-hmm. then it connects to your bank account and it, there's no fees. If you set it up with a credit card, it'll have normal credit card processing fees. It's like getting cash. Well, it's would it be p- like paying for something or if it's like when you get cash out on a credit card? That's where like the interest is. Mm. If you get cash out on a credit card, there's usually like 12% interest yes. on that cash. Um, I think it's a, like a payment processing, so it'd be like the it's usually around 4%. Okay, so it's like you're purchasing an item. So if you're okay. doing it on a credit card, you don't want to just send people a dollar for fun back and forth. But I will tell you, using Venmo, I've used Venmo, like DJ gigs, people have just, they look up my email address, they can send me a ton of money, it's in my account, I can mm-hmm. move it out to my account. The ease of doing this stuff, another one, on Venmo, you can see the history of all your friends in Venmo, like what payments they've made. Oh, okay. So it just shows you a feed. So you can look through there and it's you'll see a ton of people where it's like so-and-so paid so-and-so for dinner. And there's like four of those in a row. So you can tell they all went out to dinner. So you can also kind of stalk people. Well, that seems a little like privacy sensitive. Yes. <laughs> so, and you can put whatever you want into in there. So you'll see funny stuff, but you'll see people paying each other for rent. It just, it's a super easy way. I mean, just hmm. think back. It's to like a social media type writing thing. checks. What? Like, I had to do that the other day and my handwriting oh. keeps getting worse and worse and worse. I'm like, I hope you can read this. Cause yeah. I haven't, I, I think I'm pretty much check free in my life. Now I do get checks and I mm-hmm. love using my banking apps to scan them in, but Apple pay cash. I, I like it. If everybody you know has iPhones, it's a great way to easily send money back and forth. We mm-hmm. just made two transactions in the matter of seconds. half an hour. Yeah, no, in <laughs> seconds. Now, people out there may be asking, well, how do I – you sent me $10, but how do I get it out of my phone? What do I do with it? Yes. Well, if you're familiar with the wallet application on your phone, this is where like your tickets will show up there, or you can put your credit cards and associate those with your wallet. That's where the cash is. I can use this at any terminal that takes Apple Pay. Yeah. It's like having a credit card with Apple now that's or a cash card, really. So on my end, I've got a $1 credit from Nate that I could spend at McDonald's. Yeah, we could go out to yeah. lunch and I could pay with that. But I can also send that money t- to my bank account. Yeah. I could transfer it out of there. Now, are there any fees associated with doing that? Not with the bank account. Yeah, it's just it's just free. Apple's Apple's taking the hit on that because... Here's what Apple hopes to do. They hope that instantly millions and millions of dollars are sitting in their bank, the yes. the bank of Apple. Yes. They, now what are they able to do? They're able to invest that money, to use it, to whatever they want to do with it. It is free money that they can do whatever they want. And so they're willing to, t- uh, to spend a little money on transaction fees with the banks. And, of course, the overhead of setting this up was, I'm sure, incredible. They yeah. had to talk with all the financial institutions and contracts and negotiations and all those things. And so, but that's how they make money. They're able to utilize the cash and it provides lock in for customers because yeah. I, maybe I don't want to go to Android because I can't use Apple pay, you know? Yeah. So, and you're more likely to use it at a store if you, somebody sent you money and you might be thinking, Oh, as soon as I get money, I need to transfer it out to my bank account. No. Well, just leave it in there. It might be nice to have some in there unless you really need it in your bank account, but there's a good chance you're going to use it yeah. again. So again, it's kind of that snowball effect of right. uh, Apple likes it because it gives them more uh, momentum with the mm-hmm. payment systems, but it's also super user-friendly and convenient, seamless, seamless interaction for the average user. So Apple Pay Cash, check it out, get it set up so that the next time, like Jared and Chelsea, I would have sent you money, but you didn't <laughs> get have it set up. up. So you lost out. <laughs> it's like Nate wants to be Santa Claus, but there's, you know, there's no chimneys. Yes. You guys have your fires burning. You can't get in. <laughs> so true. Another piece of follow up. Speaking of Apple, this is kind of Apple's been active this last couple of weeks. 
like we talked about last week, they officially acquired Shazam. Right. Go back and listen to episode 105 if and you want to. confuse you about what Shazam and Kazam and all that stuff is. So Shazam is the music service where you press the button on your Apple Watch or your phone. It finds out what song you're listening to, lets you know, lets you buy it, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's, of course, been a lot of speculation in the press of why they're doing this. Uh, one of the best ones I heard is it just gives them tons of data on what people are interested in in music yeah when people take the time to shazam a song that's a strong signal that that's a song that they really like and what's trending and what's being played places tons of information and i'm sure they also get location data like where were you when you asked for this are you at the store are you you know in a car what's going on and they can utilize that data to target you even better on buying music or telling you what prompting you to listen to music that you yes. may want to listen to. Yeah. And there's just some, uh, so they paid 400 million, but there's some great technology here for all kinds of artificial intelligence type of applications that it wouldn't just be music. Uh, they do some photo or like video stuff already. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. 400 million is pocket change for Apple and Shazam. There was information in the article that both I think Spotify and somebody else had shown interest. Mm. So it's also kind of a defensive move of Spotify is pretty powerful in the music industry. If they had Shazam, Apple would be playing more catch up to their music Mm -hmm. service. So another thing there. It has been a long time since we talked about the Google's uh, Alpha Zero or their Alpha project, their artificial Mm -hmm. intelligence machine. Mm -hmm. It was playing. uh, What's the name of the game that it was playing? Go. Go, yes. yeah. Oh, Alpha, Alpha Go it's right was here the, the original one. Yeah. So it's yeah. right here in the article. Yeah. But. Oh, the article. <laughs> I do not. I've given up on clicking links. Just yeah. kidding. We click on the links so you don't have to. So Alpha Go is this very complex chess-like brain game. Yeah, it's an ancient game that's been played in old cultures for years and years and years. And you like flip the the colors over and you move it in squares and all this stuff. So I don't understand how it works, but no. it's very complicated. It's much like chess. Yes. So they Google has this machine that beats some of the top players in the world. So they have a new addition, an update to their machine called Alpha Zero. Mm-hmm. And it played the AlphaGo computers and played AlphaGo players, totally whooped them up. Yeah. And then they were like, hey, you know what? The day's not over yet. Let's try to teach this thing or have it teach itself chess. Right. So it fed, they fed it the rules of chess. Mm-hmm. In four hours, it created a artificial it, intelligence yeah. of a chess player. It made its own algorithms to be a chess champion. Yes. And beat the world's best chess computer after just four hours. Of, wow. So, I mean, crazy computing stuff going on mm. here um it's scary get it those, is scary get the tinfoil i mean what's next monopoly if, maybe they can find maybe they can find a way to play monopoly faster <laughs> oh, impossible so it doesn't take three days on christmas break to uh, play but it is pretty impressive of what i mean with just four hours because you think when i envision this stuff i'm like well they spent five years programming it to be able to do mm-hmm. all this stuff and giving it all these combinations. Well, no, they just gave it the rules, four hours of processing and playing the game. Some joker's going to say, oh, let's let's do this real quick. Find a way to kill all humans, ready, <laughs> yeah. go. And then in like six minutes, it's going to yeah. find a way, and then we're all going to be dead. Yeah, there we go. Uh, our tinfoil-itis <laughs> for the episode. We talked a little bit about Bitcoin last week, mm-hmm. and I actually talked to listener Wes this week before he had a chance to listen to the episode. We didn't get, go into it a whole lot, no. but in episode 105, we had a really good link that explains Bitcoin. And he said that it, at his work, a lot of the guys are like, some of them had some Bitcoins, but they're all really into it right now. And like trying to buy Bitcoins and all of this stuff. Now and, is not the time to buy. No, <laughs> it's I think it's around $17,000 per Bitcoin. You can buy very small yeah. portions. They're almost infinitely divisible. Yes. So you can buy a you know a millionth of a, pit, a Bitcoin. A Bitcoin? A Bitcoin, Bitcoin if yes. you wanted to. Um, but I was also, one of the other things that we haven't talked about is there. there's all kinds of cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin mm-hmm. has just been the most popular. Yeah. There's a ton of ones. There's a ton of scammy ones. But there is one 
um, that was being used for websites. So websites would put this code in. When anybody visited the website, it would start doing this processing power. So mm-hmm. it didn't. They didn't just have to do it on their computer server. Every single visitor through the website. So they started finding this, and it was totally hidden code. Yeah. And it's called CoinHive is the big one. Yeah. And it uses Monero is the Bitcoin equivalent. That's the money. Yes, which part is of worth it. like four hundred dollars per Monero. Yeah. Very and nice. so it's reasonable. So this coin hive, they would hide this code and they found it like, I think on like Domino's website, all this stuff where, so you're Weird. getting millions of visitors and it's doing these little processes in the background and they're making, well, not money, but they're making these Moneros off of this. Yeah. Well, I went to look at it and I was like, well, can we put this on the <clears throat> not nerd site? Because I <laughs> yeah. heard they'd kind of gotten caught. So yeah. they're looking at yeah. new ways to do it. So you can actually go to notnerd.com slash coinhive. I'll have a link in the show notes. And they're just a little JavaScript box shows up there and it says start. And you can start processing and it will use your browser and your computer. And then it's coin hive so you can imagine it's a huge hive and what they do is they take all the processing from everybody and then they split up the benefits of it so this is just like what other people were doing on dominoes and all that except you you can choose to participate yes, yes. this doesn't automatically start when you come to our yes. website and we're not, not hidden it's we're not, not stealing background. cycles from you yes. but if you go to slash coin hive you can hit the start button and then it'll start using your computer's processing power to generate coins for us yes so thank you yes and, <laughs> and then if you want to leave it on all night long yes, or exactly you know that's uh, fine we too. will get pennies <laughs> yeah it's like so the last time you checked what just between you and me how much have we generated on i'm i probably turned it on for like 15 20 minutes yeah or something. i think i won my spare windows computer and you can adjust in the window how many threads it's doing and mm-hmm. how much of your percentage of the processor it'll use so i turned it down on a, one of my spare windows computers yeah and it's been run for a couple of days now so i think we processed a bunch but i mean i we're still well under a dollar's worth of yeah. arrows so it's but it would make sense for let's say a huge site like imore mm-hmm. which is a great tech resource they do great articles and horrible ads yeah. everywhere bombarding you. So if they could convince their readers, instead of doing like a subscription model, say, hey, if you really enjoy the site or this article at the end of the article, would you mind turning on CoinHive for yeah. 30 minutes? And if they have a million users that visit that, they could make some real revenue off that and maybe get rid of some of their horrible, horrible <laughs> ads. If that site is much better viewed with an ad blocker. Oh, man. But... Alternatively, they could just have a banner at the top of the page that says, this this site is supported by CoinHive. Yes. Your browser is generating you know, revenue for us while you're on our page. So, yeah. I mean, they could just disclose it at the beginning yeah. and yeah. take their ads away. Yeah. So I, I did notice, like I was running on my laptop for a while and I tried to crank it up. I had it at 100%. Yeah. Multiple threads. And I mean, my fan was going and it was <laughs> freezing up my computer, which sidestep. If you are on a Windows computer and that you ever notice that your computer is just super slow, yeah, check to see if you have msn.com open. Hmm. I don't know what it is, but I've had several clients over the past couple months where they're just like, I can't do anything on my computer. Everything's frozen up. And it is msn.com. Now, that's the default with like Internet Explorer when you open right. it up. And it's got slideshows. It's at a the splash top page. And ads and tons of news stories. But it's loading tons of pictures and everything in the background and i've seen it where it is taking up a hundred percent of somebody's processor and the memory just keeps growing and growing it'll be over a gig's worth of memory on your like computer hard drive space and it's just taking up all of this and crashing your computer so that's a little pro tip if your windows pc is having problems you can just shut MSN down. <laughs> the one that I was working on just the other day that reminded me of this, it was kind of a, a very low-end, cheap Best Buy HP laptop, not horrible specs, and mm-hmm. it was run Windows 10. Within the last couple of years, it was purchased, but she had MSN.com open, and it was literally, she could not do anything else on her computer. It as soon as hijacked I shut her that, computer. Boom. And it was in Google Chrome, too, not just in Internet oh. Explorer. So. Well, I was, that's interesting. I was going to say, well... Why is it defaulting to msn.com 
and Google. She needs to Somehow change. Somehow she had that. And it changed that. As I say, use a, an alternative browser. Windows 10, I think Windows Edge browser is yes. the default now. And it, I didn't test it in Windows Edge. Edge. If you're using Internet Explorer on any computer, please stop. Yeah. That is the Microsoft doesn't even use it anymore. No. They've completely deprecated it. Even on older computers, you can get Firefox, Chrome. Yeah. Um, you can even get Safari at one point, yeah. the Apple's thing, which is not great on Windows. No. Or or Microsoft Edge browser. Do you know how far back they support Microsoft Edge? Is it available, like, for instance, on Windows 7 or Windows uh, 8? No, I think it is Windows 10 only. 10 I only. Think that was a new feature. Okay. Uh, yeah, Microsoft, the Edge browser, it's, it's getting better. Um, it's got some nice features. But, yeah, Chrome or Firefox, really, the new version of Firefox, if you don't care about your browser at all, that's probably going to be your best bet as far as efficiency, speed, and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was a little sidestep from the CoinHive. But I saw you held up yeah. your phone. You're running yeah. CoinHive on your phone. Yeah, I went to notnerd.com slash CoinHive, hit the start button, and now I'm running five threads, and I've... I'm running at 35.0 hashes per second, whatever that, that means. And that was something I was going to ask you because I noticed on my laptop, which is pretty powerful, 16 gigs of RAM, good processor, I can get about 55 hashes per second. So that's something for you guys to check. Another way to check how good your computer yeah. is. My phone is hashing faster than my laptop right now. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I, I have some very old computers that I work on that are probably about 10 years old. And I tried to get running on one of them and it was maxed out at like 15 hashes per second. Or something. Mm. So that's how many of these processing units it's able to do. Right. So that's CoinHive, which is related to Bitcoin. So if you really, if you have a server farm of a thousand servers and you love the not nerd podcast, mm -hmm. fire CoinHive. Fire it up. .com let's do it. And Why not? Let's make a bunch of money. But uh, so yeah, that's a little, just to show you the Bitcoin, Obviously, that's the one everybody's talking about because it's just crazy. But there are some other ones uh, that have some notoriety. And this Coin Hive and the Monero is gaining some momentum because they kind of got caught having something bad mm -hmm. set up. But now they've transitioned it into something better where it can be used for legitimate purposes. Yeah, so. great. Um, that is a whole bunch of follow-up. That's about a whole episode right there. Yeah. We just so we'll used. see you next week <laughs> yeah. on the non Not Pod. without Dave's Pro Tip of the Week. This is what I'll call a, a maintenance mode type pro tip. This isn't groundbreaking. This isn't anything huge. But how many of us like to take screenshots on our iPhones? All day, every day. You know, sometimes when I want to, instead of making like an animated yif, yes. I'll just put it on camera mode and just do screenshot 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 and then i'll take it into some software and make no i don't do that i don't do that <laughs> that'd be a lot of work if you are doing that you can do screen recording i will on. pray for you so screenshots most people know that if you click the power button in conjunction with a volume button or on older devices with your home button you can create a screenshot that is not a new thing but in ios 11 Apple has changed the way they treat screenshots, and yes. we may have talked about this when... Yeah, we talked a little bit about yeah. when we were... I think when we were beta testing some of the things we really liked about iOS 11. Yeah, but I, I found myself using this more and more as time goes on. So, for example, I was on a... I think I was on a Reddit forum or something, and there was a thing I wanted to share, but I didn't want to just share the picture. I wanted to share kind of a comment or the title of the of the pictures because they're oftentimes funny. Yes. And I'm like, well, how do I do this easily? Oh, I'm just going to do a screenshot. Well, the screenshot makes the entire screen like up there where the numbers are at the top and all the stuff at the bottom. And I wanted to kind of crop it down. Yeah. And so Apple has really done a great job in optimizing the workflow for making screenshots. So I simply either click my power button in my home button or my power button in my volume up button, depending on my device. And I click it. And a little thumbnail of my screenshot appears so nice. in the bottom left-hand corner. Now, if I want to dismiss that and just send it to my camera roll, I either do nothing or I can swipe it to the left and it'll just yeah. become part of my camera roll. But it gives me the opportunity to interact directly with it by tapping on it. In the bad old days, you'd have to go to your camera roll and find the picture yeah. and do all this stuff. 20 clicks later, you're yeah. finally to your screenshot. So now you can just click on the thumbnail and it brings you to an editor page. 
and you can do markup. You can like uh, circle things, highlight things, draw on it, change the color. You can lasso stuff and, and do various things. One of the primary things I use it for is the cropping feature. It's already set in crop mode and you can just drag the corners of uh, the window and it'll isolate the portion that you want. Now here's the, like the pro tip of the tip of the week <laughs> is I don't have to save this and then go somewhere else to send it. I can just hit the little share icon from the screenshot page and I can send it in an email. I can send it on a Slack channel. I message, I can do whatever I want with it from there. And then this is the beauty. Once I do that, it will offer, do you want to save this screenshot to your photos or do you want to delete it? Yeah. Well, nine times out of 10, I want to send you something funny and, yeah. and just yeah. be done with it, but I don't want to keep it around. And so I usually say delete photo. Uh, this new feature has really kept my photo library much cleaner. Nice. And I guess an, an associated tip is the photos library has a smart folder that it creates automatically just called screenshots. Oh. And so that also helps you to find screenshots you've done in the past that you don't want anymore. You can go inside that album within your photos app and delete all the screenshots at once. So that's screenshots in a nutshell. I feel like it's an underused feature for a lot of people. Yes. Don't forget screenshots is there. It's better now than it's ever been and it works really well. So that's Dave's tip of the week. And that was like five pro tips all in one. All in one. Yes. But, and I'm going to give a bonus pro tip on your pro tips. Okay. Let's hear this. If you use an Apple computer that mm -hmm. has the Mac app store, if you go in there and you love this screen sh new screenshot setup on your phone, search for a little app called Shotbox. Hmm. S-H-O-T-B-O-X. You can do screenshots on your computer obviously and using I know the grab that, feature yes or you can use the keyboard shortcuts which i often do well now when you do that it'll take that screenshot pop it down in the corner just like on ios so that you can do something with it immediately you don't have to do the extra clicks to find mm. where it's saved why haven't i known about this in the past you've been I holding out I on me mentioned it at the end of a long podcast <laughs> recording after recording and um, we had shut our computers down already but it's a free little utility it works really good it's nice because then i mean i'm doing screenshots all the time for support mm -hmm. or for instruction like you're saying yeah or on even stuff for the podcast yes exactly so check that out Shotbox for screenshotting on your mac and it's free yes very free well, let's move on to some takes. And the first one, as I said earlier, alluded to, mm -hmm. Apple had a pretty big news week these last couple of weeks. They acquired Shazam. Now, one of the things we were supposed to get before the end of the year, and we did this week, the new iMac Pro. Yeah. So this I is want a, one of these. I do too. <laughs> this is a an amazing Apple product that maybe... 0.1% of our listeners, including us, mm -hmm. of the not nerd universe will need. This is an awesome machine. <laughs> it is a behemoth, not in physical size, but in power. Yes. Yeah, so it's actually the same form factor as the current IMAX, the mm -hmm. real skinny edge, nice, big, beautiful 5K. I think it only comes in the 27-inch so. size, the yep. larger, huge, amazing screen. But they took this thing and they gutted out all the old stuff and packed in the best of the best of everything. Uh, and it is pretty impressive. Now, the price tag, you ask. <laughs> stocking stuffer. Yeah. A late stocking stuffer guy. They I, start at $5,000. I thought That's it was 3999 Am I wrong in that? I believe you're wrong. I believe the... Oh, the standard configuration... Which goes for four thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. Yes. I was a I was a cool grand off. Yes, and the standard configuration is an amazing machine. I mean, that for any of us, you wouldn't need to upgrade above that. No, um, but it is. It goes all the way up. I think the most expensive you can configure it's about fourteen thousand yeah. dollars. Ridiculous. Uh, but that's giving you a four terabyte SSD, eighteen cores, eighteen cores, and like a hundred and twenty eight gigs of RAM. So that it has more memory than most of your computers or devices have storage. Yeah. 
So it is, I mean, this is a dream for, so they gave it out to a couple people ahead of time, mm-hmm. like they do. One was uh, Marquez Brownlee, a YouTuber who has like 5 million subscribers, yeah. just ahead of us on the list. <laughs> yeah, just a couple, YouTube. couple but, ahead. Uh, he used it for a week, but he does, he uses red cameras, which are like cinema quality cameras to mm-hmm. do his gadget videos. So he's doing <laughs> Where does this kid get this money from? 8K video. Like he's crazy. Yeah. Let's talk for a minute. 8K video, honestly. Where did what happened to 4K? It's gone. It's gone. I, I, I have a 720p TV at home. I, I think it's time to upgrade. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but yeah, so it is pretty crazy. They gave it to like a scientist type guy that's doing. Yeah. That's where it really benefits these crazy new Intel processors. Where it is, it would be great for CoinHive. Oh, that's what we need to do is get to the Apple store. Well, let's think and about load this coin hive on an iMac pro at the <laughs> Apple store. I'm going to do that. Yes. Mark my word. I'll let you know how many <laughs> hashes I can get per second with the thing. I will be doing that, but would it be worth it to buy the Mac pro just to run coin hive? Could you make money doing that? I, hmm. I think that'd be pretty tough, but yeah, that monitor you're paying for a pretty amazing monitor just to do some cryptocurrency. Well, for our but, listeners, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm yeah, just going to buy one of the $14,000 like ones. Said, stocking stuffer. <laughs> See if it works. Uh, but yeah, so the iMac Pro, it's basically the consensus is you know if you need the iMac Pro. Yeah. If uh, you're doing something. If that, you're on the fence or don't know what we're talking about, it's not for no. you. If it is worth the money for you, if you look at the holistic cost and say, if I can save some extra time, they're saying that it's... Two to three hundred percent faster than the best IMAX, so it is a huge improvement. But yeah, again, most likely not what anybody, not the people that I talk to, are looking for in a computer. But I do know people that it would make sense for in their line of work. So, um, another Apple story: Johnny Ive, mm-hmm. who is the great designer who's created the iMac, the iPod, the iPhone. Uh, he took like a two-year – he didn't leave Apple. They changed his title, and now they're saying he's back in like taking control of management of the design team at Apple. Mm-hmm. Everybody – surprise, surprise, everybody in the tech press was trying to read into this. Oh, like, yeah, of course. Oh, Apple's doomed. They had to make him come back. Well, for one, he was working on the new Apple Park campus. That was like which, a five-year project Yeah, five-year, $100 billion project. <laughs> He might have, you know, tried to focus on that for a while. He's a little busy. He might have needed a break after doing 20 years of amazing design work at Apple mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. he didn't want to be doing the day-to-day stuff. Well, now it looks like he's back. I'm not reading into it. I no. think it's just he probably missed it. He probably missed being in there every day working on, hey, how can we make this product a little bit better? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so that's about all I have to say on that one. Uh, Apple Maps. Yeah. They did some upgrades. They've really? actually rolled out. It actually works now? <laughs> yes. What? They rolled out more than 40 airports and malls for Oh, maps. yeah, never mind. They still don't have the new road between us and Wilsonville. <laughs> oh. That's been there for like, I don't know, a year. Yeah, I don't I don't know some of that. But big airports, some big malls. Those they are important. Indoor mapping, which would be very nice if yes. you go to those areas, being able to just have that part of your... And you say, I'm here and I want to walk to gate A16. It'll show you a little map and you can follow it. Yes. Of course, if you have your Apple Watch, it'll tell you to turn left or turn right. So it's very neat and a very neat feature, but I'd sure like it to (laughs) map... The major road near your house. Yeah, the major thoroughfare. It'd be great. Um, We can't go an episode without talking about Amazon. We no. are affiliates of Amazon. If you yeah. use amazon.notnerd.com or any of the links to Amazon on our website, mm-hmm. we get a little commission if you shop on Amazon, which we really appreciate. helps us keep going. And don't confuse affiliate with affiliated. Amazon no. doesn't know we exist. No. They're not a sponsor. This is all uh, self. Anybody can sign up with a website or yeah. anything. They can sign up for this program. This is a one-way relationship. Links. Yes. <laughs> that is a good clarification there. <laughs> but they have expanded... They're same day and one day shipping uh, for Prime, free for Prime users. They mm-hmm. did, they of course, with the holiday shipping, we're going into the last week of shipping for the holidays. They're doing this huge blitz of, I think they're doing, even if you order like on the 23rd, you can get wow. free one day shipping in a lot of places. They're doing deliveries up to midnight on Christmas Eve. Now the delivery companies may 
say we don't agree with that. Yes. They might not be able to uh, accomplish I think it. They can't say no to Amazon because they know with a switch, Amazon could just say, "Hey, UPS, FedEx, USPS, we don't need you anymore because we've got drones, create drones, <laughs> and crowdsource these random people that drive up to my house in their car and throw packages at my door." Uh, but you can go. I'll put a link in the show notes. You can go and search and see if it's available in your area where you can get even faster shipping or pick up stuff. For- well, and I actually have a story. Last week, I purchased for where I work some Kindle Fires for our check-in oh, yeah, system, yeah. and I ordered four of them. This was they were on sale for like twenty nine dollars. Yes. It's like what. You know, if, if they don't work for what I want, I'll use them to level some tables or, yeah. you know, I can play like Legos in my office with them or I could build a fort or something yes. at that price. So I got some um, in addition to a few that I had before. Ordered them on Monday, Amazon Prime two-day shipping. Tuesday morning they showed up. Yeah. One-day shipping. They just did it. Now, my guess is is that they have some of those in the local warehouse area because yeah. it is an Amazon product and that's not going to – the other items that I ordered came in two days. Yes. But – the the Amazon branded items came. I was so surprised. I'm like, they, I just ordered them like yesterday at three o'clock and here it is 8 a.m. on the next day and they're sitting on my desk. It was m- magical. Yes. And here in Portland, where we are just outside of Portland, they do mm-hmm. have a huge distribution out in Hillsboro and then they have a newer one downtown huge distribution so yeah it makes yeah and with their whole foods and all this stuff they're expanding it makes a ton of sense for them to have as much especially their products yes in-house as possible that they know they're going to be shipping a ton of every day mm-hmm. they can't keep every product because just the logistics aren't there yet but that would be their goal and have since everything in every city so that in two hours you could have whatever you wanted and since everything is electronic now they know where products are trending and people are buying, they yeah. can rush items to those warehouses and have them stored there. It's the, the distribution model. Once it's kind of dialed in, it just kind of runs itself. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of neat. It is crazy. So Amazon, yeah, get your Amazon. If you have not started your holiday shopping, uh, by the time you hear this, when we release this, you are due to get on your Amazon Prime and order right away. It is probably not going to happen yes. by the time you hear this. Yes, no guarantees on shipping this time of year because things get a little crazy. Uh, I've seen, we have, I know several of our neighbors do a lot of Amazon shopping. Uh, one of our neighbors, they have a couple kids and they buy everything on Amazon. So they, I've literally watched the van stop in front of my house. Yeah. They'll bring a package to our house. I'll go back to the van, go to the neighbor's house, go back to the van, go to the other neighbor's (laughs) house, and then like come back to our house when they get further into their van. Well, in our reception area the other day when I went to pick up my Kindles, every box from the UPS guy was from Amazon. Every single one. And they were going to multiple people in our, in our building. So it's, they're they're doing something right. Yep. Uh, It's the end of 2017 Mm -hmm. and everybody's doing their, End of the year type best of right. wish list, all this stuff. YouTube had their YouTube rewind video where they do they create a new video of all the memes and all the people of the year. Mm-hmm. I call this the make you feel older than you are video. Yeah. Because it's all these young YouTubers that then, I'm just like, I recognized maybe a handful, but there's no. hundreds of people in this video that all have probably two million subscribers right. on YouTube. I had to look at uh, the end credits to see who a couple oh, of these yeah. people they were. Oh, yeah, they list all, all of them off at the end. And some um, of them I recognize, but most of them I did yeah. not. The great thing for Google is this is just one big commercial for Google because oh, yeah. the more people watch these people videos, the more money Google makes. And mm-hmm. so, obviously, it is a great relationship for Google, a good relationship for the video creators, and if you enjoy the videos, uh, a good relationship with the viewers. So, um, But it's interesting. It You'll probably recognize a couple of the memes and mm-hmm. different songs and stuff throughout. I, I have it playing as we're talking, and it's the one where the train goes through the snowbank and yes. just plastered everybody on Yeah, the... so they recreate all this stuff. They do a bunch of CGI of putting people together in the same videos flying through space. Yeah, it's... Kind of stuff, but... It's, it's fun to watch, but it's, you know, there's a lot of inside jokes that you probably won't get. Yeah. and it... <laughs> Nobody can get all of them because no. you're just hoping you catch one of them that you feel if, somewhat relevant. If you get all of them, you're watching way too much YouTube. Yeah, I was really surprised that your Nulixi FM transmitter review didn't make the I don't understand YouTube. that. They probably just had to cut it out at the last seconds. You know why? Because the camera angle on that was on the product and not on oh, me. Yeah. I need to turn myself yeah, into the product. You need your face on there. Hmm. 
next year. Coming well, up in 2018, a whole slew of Nulixie <laughs> FM transmitter videos where I'm it's the star. Just Dave's face. Life goals. <laughs> uh, I have a. You put found this article, and I'm saying it's not news. So the article is saying that this company has found out a way to put the fingerprint scanner under the display. Mm-hmm. Now they were saying, take that Face ID, take that Apple. They've found that, and really, I mean, would you want to go back at this point? I wouldn't mind having a fingerprint scanner, but I want to use great. Face ID all yeah. the time on my device. It's faster. Um, and they, Apple said they actually said we it just. We wanted to do Face ID, mm-hmm. and it wasn't feasible to do a touchscreen without a or a fingerprint reader without the home button mm-hmm. on there. You couldn't do it with a full screen uh, display and edge to edge display, so it just didn't make sense for them. Now, this company I did like in the article. There are several uses of the word like probably or theoretically. Yeah, <laughs> they do a lot of like. We think that we could make this work, and it's like, well, could you make it work on one device or a hundred yes. million like Apple needs to? If you need a hundred million, it might be a little bit different. And they have a quick little clip in here that shows the technology, and it's literally a lady's touching the screen, and then she lifts her finger, and it goes to the home screen. How do is this a demo? I mean. You could make an app do this. Yeah. This is not proof that it exists. This is pretty much like, this is how it would work. Well, duh, we know how it would work. Why did you make a video about it? Yes. I'm pretty sure that is not a working device right there. Working device, yes. So it's... And I just... I've been wanting to to make this point um, the past few weeks and just haven't had a good platform to do it. It's not like we have a podcast or anything. But you know how when Face ID came out and the home button went away on the iPhone 10, everybody's like, well, it's on my desk. I can't, I have to pick it up or I have to lean over the device. I just want to lean over. What about the millions of people who are using Samsung and other devices where the touch sensor is yes. on the back of the phone? Yes. They had the exact same problems two years ago yeah. that people are complaining about Face ID. And I'm like, how is it better? I, at least I can get into the vicinity of my phone laying on the desk and it will unlock with a Samsung device, I'd have to pick it up to right. unlock it. I don't understand yeah. why people complain about it. And the other thing that really pushed me over the edge on this article for saying, and this is Mashable, a very respectable mm-hmm. tech website that really pushed me over the edge of their really stretching. They found a tweet from um, Daisy55 <laughs> that had like four likes on it. And it says, sure, fingerprint scanning isn't foolproof either. But people really miss their old Touch ID friend, and they put this tweet in there that says, Face ID is a huge step backwards. I've had to manually enter my password more in three weeks with Face ID than I did in all my years with Touch ID. Well, I think what you meant to say, if you're actually going to quote it, I've has to manually enter my... My brain did not allow me to say that correctly (laughs) as type. But so Daisy55, whose name is Magic on Twitter, uh, this has... Four likes on the mm-hmm. tweet. One retweet and eight comments. Have you, besides restarting your phone, have you had to enter your Touch ID password in the last month? Yes, when I'm laying on my side with my face half in my pillow trying to use it. But guess what? It's gotten better. Yeah. And now it's starting to recognize my face that way. Yeah. And so it just works. Yeah, it totally works for me now when yeah. I wake up and I'm, yeah, the exact same thing, leaning into the pillow and mm-hmm. trying to check it first thing in the morning. Or yeah. I mean, pitch black, it works Oh, I've perfectly. used it pitch black all the time. Yeah. All the time. And so this that is not a very good uh, statistic. It's a dumb quote. From- it's a dumb quote. And it's not like if that had a million likes on that tweet. Yeah. And it was from Somewhat- Leo Laporte, who Leo complains about too. But I have no problems with Face yeah. ID. And it works good. And like if I'm in the car and it pops up a notification, if I just kind of glance over there, it shows... The notification, like just a glance, split mm-hmm. second, it is so fast. And and in hindsight, my thumbprint sensor, I mean, try them side by side because mine did not work all the time yes. either. I was having to enter my code sometimes too. It just sometimes it'd be I'd be like five yeah, times and be like, come wrong. on, let's do or it. Or if your finger yeah. was wet, or, or it's dry, or whatever. There's... I kind of feel a little bit bad, just a little bit, because my wife has the eight plus now, mm-hmm. the one that I was using, and I have the ten. She wears gloves like yeah. from about September through mm-hmm. June because she's 
usually pretty cold. And so she like has to take off the glove to do touch ID, even with the, you know, it just can't read her fingerprint. Yeah. There's the gloves that where your the touch sensitivity goes through, yes. but your fingerprints you aren't it on visible the screen, but you yeah. can't use it for the fingerprint. And yeah. I can use face ID, but or if I you had a stylist that you wanted to use, I'm still wearing shorts and t-shirts yeah. in the middle of winter, but it's true. Um, yeah. Face ID. Good. That it's was good. Not news. Not news. Um, sad we talked about it for so big long. Big news. Walt Disney Company is set to acquire 21st Century Fox, now most are, of the properties. Now, are these the guys that make Shrek, the Walt Disney? Is Walt that what Disney, they... Yeah, I think they did uh, Shrek. Shrek. Yeah. And they did like some cartoons back in the... Steamboat Willie. I never heard of them. Yeah. And they do like some little uh, restaurant or like, <laughs> little park or something Yeah, well, somewhere. all joking aside, everybody knows who Walt Disney is. And yeah, this is interesting. Popular, they've, they're acquiring... Properties such as X-Men, which is a Marvel property, but 20th Century had owned, that, owned the rights. Disney owned all the rest of Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar. Not That, that was okay movie. Yeah. They're making like 25 more of them right now. <laughs> yeah. The Simpsons, uh, which we all know and, and love. Yes. FX Networks, National Geographic, which I did. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's all going to be part of Disney's portfolio. So and Disney already owns ABC, ESPN. I mean, they are pretty. This is going to make them pretty major. Uh, one of the interesting things also on this, it will make them the major uh, deciding shareholder, or whatever, in Hulu, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense if Disney wanted to really have a controlling. I saw from the great Ben Thompson on Stratechery, he mm-hmm. did an article on this and a breakdown, more breakdown than I needed. But he was showing that basically his assumption is they are trying to compete with Netflix, where Netflix has all this original content Mm -hmm. that bypasses cable and goes directly to the subscriber. Well, now Disney has a massive amount of original content. They own everything. And so they could create a service that would blow really blow Netflix out of the water because mm-hmm. it would limit they could take stuff back from Netflix too depending mm-hmm. on contracts. And there's stuff that's going to be going away uh that Disney owns from Netflix. There's things that have been there in the past that are no longer there and then there are other things that are set to expire like next year or the year after that where you better watch them now because they're not going to be yeah. on Netflix forever. Yeah, it's uh so that's a that's a big one. I forget 50 billion somewhere in that range that the deal so no, it's got to be more than that. Is what Lisa going to be part of the Lisa Simpson part of two point four billion? I was way off at fifty billion. So is Lisa Simpson going to be part of the Disney Princess lineup now? Oh, with her little saxophone and her pretty dress. Yes, that'd be funny. Well, and the Simpsons is a major part of the Universal theme parks. Yeah. So are they just going to like create a shuttle between the two theme? I don't parks know. Since Disney well, I was owns thinking everything now. Uh, the Harry Potter universe would be perfect for Disney, but yes. it's owned by Universal, yes, or maybe Warner Brothers. I can't remember who does that, it's but it's not. It's not Disney. But it's at the Universal Parks. It yes. is at the Universal Parks. So, yeah, I think Disney wants to become the Apple of the music industry. So Apple kind of owns digital downloads, and now they have the streaming music service. And you know. There, there was a time when basically Apple was the only place you could get yes, legitimate yeah. downloads and stuff. I think Walt Disney wants to do that for movies because they made the Movies Anywhere service, this Hulu stuff. They they want to say, if you are going to watch any type of video, it's coming through us. Yeah. And they're well on their way to becoming <laughs> the this, only this player a, in town. This is a big play for that. So yeah. we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Um. I had to sneak a security story. In oh, here, boy. Of course. But this is actually just an interesting, again, a end of year type of thing. LastPass sent me an email the other day with an infographic. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, with a bunch of statistics. And basically, they this year brought a lot of passwords, long, complex, randomly generated passwords. Uh, an average of 191 items stored in each vault, uh, each password vault. So each user's has an average of 191 passwords. Mm-hmm. I am way above that. Yeah. Um, 44 million passwords were generated via LastPass because they have wow. a random password generator. Mm-hmm. 14 characters, length of an ideal password. So that's the great thing with LastPass. You don't have to remember a random 14 characters. Mm-hmm. It'll store it there for you. 
Um, so maintaining all of these passwords without LastPass would have been quite tedious. 14 seconds is the average time to type a password. Now, I was just for a client setting up about 30 new Windows PCs, and mm-hmm. there was a password that I had to type on each one several times as I'm setting each one, that portion of it. Right. And it, it might have been about 40. It was very complex. I made it's my bad for not making it a simpler password. But yeah. We spent a lot of time typing and remembering when I'm working with people. I'm like, hey, could you type in your Windows password for me? And they're like, uh, which which one is that? And you just get so automatic with it. Yeah. We spent a lot, waste a lot of time working with passwords. 150 sites logged into each month. Totally is the average. Average. Yeah. Seven hours spent filling in passwords in 2017. Hmm. So just a good reminder, and it goes on. You can look at the statistics, but it's a good reminder with the breaches and everything. We highly recommend using LastPass. For most everybody, the free account will get you everything you need. And then for a couple bucks a month, you can upgrade to the higher tier. But sign up for LastPass. It's Use it. Have different passwords. Yeah. So many stories, so many times, so many breaches have different passwords, and this makes it easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which brings us to the best part of the show. It's time for the picks of the week. You think that's the best part of the show? Dave's tip of the week is not. Well, Man, true, true. I'm a little They're sad. They're all the best part of the show. The follow-up is Cut not. Cut that out. Edit yeah. that out in post. Yeah. Debbie, edit that out. Yeah, we can't have favorites on this show. We can't no. play favorites. Well, my pick of the week is an oldie but a goodie. When I say oldie, this is old in the sense that it's been around a while, and it's will bring back some nostalgia. Mm. And I know we've maybe talked about this like a year ago. I don't know if I've ever made it my pick of the week. We actually looked back and couldn't find it in there. Yes. This is for iOS. It may be available on other platforms, but this application called X Screensavers. Now, this isn't an adult-oriented screensaver that you can get for your phone. This is a screensaver program. It's actually, it's not a screensaver. It's an app which runs all the old legacy screensavers from back in your Windows 3.1, Windows XP, your Mac, all these old screensavers that you used to just rush out to and get. They've compiled them all into this app, and you can simply run them. You can adjust the configurations. Many of them are very accurate to the original one. Now, Nate, is there a screensaver in the past that you've just loved to run and you just thought it was the bee's knees? Man, I think it was probably the like Windows 98 like the pipes. Oh, yeah. Where it would animate the pipes and kind of bounce around the screen. Like this one here, pipes. Oh, yeah. There it is. The three-dimensional, because I always yep. really like three-dimensional stuff, and I'd just sit there and stare at <laughs> that. <laughs> it was. And I was not even under the influence of anything. I was just a college student whose brain was fried from my studies. Well, the great thing about these is that you can relive the past with all these old screensavers, but they run like a billion times better and faster on your phone than they ever would or your iPad or whatever. In my office, I have a multiple screens. Yes, you do. Set up. I was in there the other day. Yeah, you it's, have a lot of screens. So I've got an iMac on my desk with a secondary monitor. Then I have my my newer daily driver laptop sitting next to it, and then I have another laptop off to the left, which has a very specific purpose. It's used just for one thing. It's a really old model. It's just sitting there. Then, of course, I have my Amiga monitor hooked up to my Nintendo Wii uh, to play old retro games on. Anyway, I've got a lot of screens in there, and I set them all to the Matrix screensaver. And so it's fun when you walk in there. It's a black screen. Well, my iPhone now can participate because of X savers. There is a a Matrix screensaver on there to match the rest of them. So... Um, any others that you can think of that are really cool that well, you I came I just downloaded it and of course the flying toasters is yes. a uh historic That's a classic one. and they've kind of upped it too you can kind of adjust it and fly through it and all that fun stuff there are a ton yes of screensavers in here it would be fun just to go through and I'm sure I remember <laughs> most of them cuz I used to That's what we used to do with our computers was like Download new screensavers. Mm-hmm. Or make wallpaper Why, in the background. 
Why weren't we using our computers? <laughs> to make why weren't we using them to make Bitcoin? <laughs> yes, true. Oh man, this is this is a lot of fun. This is a good just little Yeah, and if you had like an Apple TV, you could project this up on your Apple TV. Oh yeah. Or it's probably on the Apple TV. I it might if they have it on there. It might be an app you can buy from the Apple TV store. I'm not sure. Fun retro app right there. Yeah, you cannot set it to automatically start after so many minutes, like on your computer. You have to go into the app and launch it. But if it's just sitting on your desk, you can set the the thing to never and it'll just play the screensaver yes. for hours and hours and hours or if you have an old ipad laying around and you like a particular screensaver so it's a lot of fun that's my pick of the week this week and enjoy it's free very cool well my pick of the week this is a rare one i could have sworn i couldn't find that we had ever talked about it on the podcast okay there is a book now i'm on my wish list i had the cool tools catalog which is kind of a book right you're another book what's going on with you but i am not much of a book reader i was thinking about it i think in the last 10 years i've probably read two fiction books in the last 10 years and one of them being my pick of the week this week i got some fan fiction that i can that i've written that i've (laughs) can share pass not nerd fan fiction come on folks (laughs) bring it on no, this book is called Ready Player One by mm. Ernest Klein. I've heard about, I've heard this name. Where have I heard this recently? Hmm. Oh, the movie. Oh, there's a blockbuster movie that's going to be happening yes. here. A little guy named Steven Spielberg. But this book, uh, my wife had recommended it to me. She reads a ton of books. Mm-hmm. And I believe I listened to this one. I didn't uh, actually read it, I did the audio book. Oh, yeah. Um, but. Very well done, very nostalgic, kind of like your ex-screensavers where mm-hmm. it's talking about old video games in the yep. 80s, but it's futuristic set and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got everything. Uh, everything. Security really, breaches, probably. Yes. <laughs> it's everything. The, it's like the... Not, not nerd, nerd the movie. Yeah. Not nerd the movie is what it should be. But I wanted to recommend this. The movie is coming out March 30th. I watched the trailer today. It looks... Very much like I remember the book. I might actually mm-hmm. listen to the book again before the movie yeah. comes out. It's coming out March 30th, but I wanted to give you the pick of the week now. Might be a great last-minute gift idea for somebody in your world that would love this. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar to Ender's Game, which is the other fiction book I've read in my adult life. Right. Um, but I think Ready Player One is just an awesome book. You can get it on Amazon. We'll give the link. You can get you know paperback, ebook. Or the audio book. Just a really fun, fun read. Not too long either. Hmm. And uh, very intriguing. And I don't usually like to ruin a movie by reading the book ahead of time. Yeah, I like to enjoy the movie and then if maybe read the book later. I'm not going to read the book later. Yeah. I'm I'm still on the fence about that. Yeah. Because the only, the only one in recent memory that I've read the book first before the movie, and it's actually here on customers also bought this book Uh, is the Martian by Andy Weir. Oh, I read the book, uh, liked it, enjoyed the book. And then I went to see the movie. The movie is quite a bit different than the book. Like there's complete scenarios that are not present in the book, uh, that are in the movie and vice versa. There's stuff in the book. They just completely cut out. So I don't know. I I did not (laughs) read that book and the movie was just great to me. Yeah. I know preconceived it's a great debate my wife and i yeah because she usually reads the book or has read the book mm-hmm. and i just like going in blank slate i think i think for me watching the movie first is better because i enjoy movies more than i enjoy reading books so i don't want to take away the experience of watching the movie so i think for me watching the movie first but your mileage may vary on that you may like the books, and like Andy Chelsea. Weir has a new book out as well. It's called um, the Saturn and Ernan and the Saturn and whatever the Marvin the Martian. <laughs> yeah, no, what, I what forget is what book? it's called, but it's a different story. I heard a great interview with him on Triangulation, which is one of the Twitter oh. podcasts. Oh wow, he's been on there a couple times. Check it out. The book that book is out now. I haven't read the book. What's but if the title? You enjoyed the Martian. Uh, that is a great question. Well, I'll have you looked that up? I'm gonna look it up uh, right now. On top of that, just if you guys haven't, I know a lot of people out there, you know, a lot of people a couple of years ago had never listened to a podcast. If you've never done an audio book, mm-hmm. uh, they usually like audible.com. You can do a free trial who's owned by Amazon. Right. So use our link, but they get great people reading these books. It's, you can really dive into it and it's a great way to experience a book if and again, you can do it while you're, if you have a long commute, you can listen to a book, which you can't read a book very 
well while driving my wife's tried. <laughs> you can I've seen people do it. Yes. Uh, it's not very safe. Uh, and just for the record, the new novel by Andy Weir is titled Artemis. Artemis. And so. it's, he was talking about it in this interview. I'll put a link to the interview in the show notes. Sounds very intriguing, very kind of uh, similar, but not the same as The Martian. Uh, very intriguing. And it will be made into a movie. He's already sold the movie rights. This best-selling author of The Martian returns with an irresistible new near-feature thriller, a high story set on the moon. That was my best movie voice guy. I like it. <laughs> yeah, so he didn't go Mars this time. He goes to the moon. He goes to the moon a little bit closer. <laughs> yes, a little shorter travel. Yeah. Uh, but... I think that wraps up episode 106 of the podcast. Mm -hmm. We threw a lot of information. Hope you, hopefully you learned something about technology, something to try out, uh, something that you understand a little bit better. <laughs> keep sharing it with friends. Keep subscribing. Keep interacting on the Facebook group. I haven't drawn the winner for our prize pack. We had some okay. entries on our little gift guide post mm -hmm. in the Facebook group. But join that. It's Anybody's probably the welcome. the regular people. We need new people to yes, enter. Yes, some fresh. I don't want to yeah. keep giving everything to Jared. <laughs> he He's, always wins. He, got, he has everything already. Yes. Uh, but anyways... Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, we're wrapping up 2017 here. We'll have one more episode uh, just before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. But we're looking forward to a, another year of great podcasting with you. So thank you for listening. Have a good one. Oh, man, I sound delicious. <laughs> Do you really? Like, what's different about it? Just meaty. <laughs> 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 <laughs>